everything happens, when all things come together, and what can only be described as perfect chaos. Welcome back to episode 8 of the Perfect Chaos Podcast. It's Rhonda. And David. As we mentioned last week, our topic this week brings up the discussion about whether high school students should be driven towards attending college, or should they be provided ample opportunity to view the trade-slash-vocational institutions as well. It's a highly debated topic, and one that each individual has to weigh as to what they feel is best. We're going to do our best to present the case for both sides without bias to make sure you get nothing but the facts. Nothing but the facts, man. That's what we're going with today. Back for another week. Fun week. Lots going on. Should be finishing up the podcast studio here soon, we hope. Got some painting to do. Got the desk to put in. And then figuring out how things go from there. Yeah, definitely. Start to put some stuff up on the walls again. Get the dog's bed laid in here. (laughs) Maybe. No, she definitely gets a spot. So, this week is a very interesting uh, topic, or at least I thought it was when I put it on our schedule for us. And uh, being that both of us are in the higher education realm, working either college or university system, we're going to be talking about this uh, through the lens of, of... our side and knowing what we do what we know about both so this is a big thing especially in our state our previous governor had a plan that he called the drive to 55 which was an initiative to get at least 55 percent of the tennesseans to at least an associate's degree or higher uh, looking specifically the college and university and one of the intentions of that was create a a better more educated workforce that would drive more industry to our area right and then that expanded the what is now known as tennessee promise had been tennessee achieves prior to that that everybody all students in the state of tennessee can get a two-year degree tuition paid for tuition and then expanded even further than that from the tennessee promise to the tennessee reconnect which would then take those uh adult students that didn't have a degree back to that realm as well. So not only taking those high schoolers, but taking those that had been out before. Right. So it was definitely a push. Um, the interesting thing, uh, when he started this drive to 55, most people looked at it as a push towards college. But with the expansion of the Tennessee Promise Program, it actually became a push towards associate's degrees, um, which are really more on the community college or... Uh, here in the state of Tennessee, our TCATs, uh, Tennessee College of Applied Technology, uh, that's really more in their realm. Um, as far as what uh, both Tennessee Promise and Reconnect are moving towards. So it has been, it's been something that's been highly debated across the country. Um, but it's been very interesting to watch in the state of Tennessee. Now we have a different governor. Um, but since we've had a different governor, we've been in a pandemic. So I'm not real sure. <laughs> you can't really take those uh, take take where that we're into headed account. at this point. <laughs> can't take that into account, but you can take a look at the the federal level. And one of the things that they uh, look at there is 
there's been a large discussion now because of the amount of student loan debt, not uh, accounting for obviously those grants and stuff that they don't have to pay back, but the student loan information uh, with the average uh, loan balance increasing, a lot of places have started to say, well, there is high paying jobs in the trade side, vocation side, than what is available in the higher ed side. Right. And so really, I mean, before we can get there, we need to talk about the difference. What's the difference between a college or university and a trade or vocational school? So as we talk, as we talk about this, they're going to have to talk about some that actually blur those lines between the two. So in my view, we commonly have what are historically known as the arts and the sciences that have been pretty much standard uh, for years. And there's some uh, subspecialties off of that, uh, nursing and uh, the uh, business management type degrees. But that's where most of the college and university side is. Now, once you get into the third set, which is the applied science, that's where we start to blur just a little bit and, and look at there's trades as well, where some of those have moved over to the college university settings. Whereas the trades themselves are those that we commonly see like mechanics, electricians, plumbers, um, those, those trades craftsmen that, that, you know, builders and, um, well, a lot of your builders and stuff are still going to a four year degree. Um, I do think it's interesting when you start to look, you know, when we were in college or when we were in high school is really when you started to see this push towards you had to choose a track, right? Like I had to choose a track when I was in high school of college or vocational. Um, and that pretty much set what you were doing in high school. And it really kind of almost segregated you in the high school to a, a different area. I remember in my my high school – Anybody that was going into vocations, the building, the marketing was the only class that was put in that building that wasn't a considered a trade or vocation. Right. And then now we've moved towards, we've gone from having vocational or college prep to um, instead of vocational, we have career and technology education, so CTE, which has expanded to include way more than what vocational did when we were in school. Uh, vocational at my high school, we had uh, auto shop, we had carpentry, we had HVAC, we had marketing classes, but they were not, um, I guess the, they were not offered as a vocational class. They were thought of as more of an academic class uh, at that point. Um, so now if you look... That same high school is where our daughter goes, and you've got health sciences, they've got welding, they've got um, still the HVAC, still the auto shop, criminal justice, tons of business classes, um, cosmetology, still there, um, family and consumer sciences, which, you know, just the change in um, what has been offered for family and consumer sciences and what is needed for family and consumer sciences is tremendous. Uh, you know, you look at when we were in school and it was home ec and that's really what it was. It was, you know, 
I can remember, I didn't take the class, uh, but I had friends that took it, and I can remember them, you know, talking about, oh, we baked cakes today, or we talked about how to decorate a cake today, or we learned how to sew something today, or we cooked this, or we cooked that. Um, and now Family and Consumer Sciences is, is distinctly different than that, with, you know, nut- nutrition and dietetics. Um, they do have... Uh, still some cooking in there, but it's not what it was when we were in school. So even just that offering has become so much more. I also find it interesting if you look where they started pushing all of us towards college, um, how many of the people that we went to school with that maybe went to college and now they've had a career change, um, whether it required more school or you know, learning a trade or whatever, there's been a ton of career change in people our age, and we're not really that old. I like to think we're not that old, um, although you're older than I am. Wow. You, you, you're going to go there. So one of the articles <clears throat> that I researched while doing this was a, a website called thecollegepost.com, and we'll put this link in the show notes as well. Um, and one of the things that it, it breaks down is the admission process, the, um, the earnings capacity and such like that. And at one point in time, a lot of people basically said to get a good high paying job, you had to go to a university and get a four year degree. And, and at one point, basically you could finish with a bachelor's degree and you'd be good. And then it was a master's degree and then it was a doctoral degree. And, uh, as we know, there's a lot of individuals out there that have got, uh, higher education degrees and many, you know, some are not using them at all. They've decided to go on to something uh, completely different. Um, now, the one thing I, I did take from this article, it was very biased trying to, to talk up uh, one side and not the other because it compared the entry into, say, an Ivy League uh, institution versus that of a trade school and uh, talking about the way that it weeds out and such and and that trade schools don't do that. And so you got to kind of take a look, you know, most of the um, community colleges have, you know, in our state at least are open admissions except for very specific programs. And so the majority of people can get in. So you'd have to take a look at, a look at that. But one of the things, like I said, used to, you had to have a higher education degree to make good money. That's not necessarily the case. Now we're talking about electricians that, you know, with a, you know, good enough career have built, large businesses that employ uh, people across multiple states, you know, and, and just the average line electrician can make a decent amount. Well, and part of the push for that, for electricians and plumbers, for instance, to make more money was because as they pushed our generation into college, you started having a shortage. The supply and demand. Right. I mean, it's, it's, Basic economics. Um, more the, households that were out there and some more demand, but yet everybody else was going to these four-year degree paths. Well, and the argument has been made that as we push people towards college, we quit teaching them some of the the things that we used to just know how to do, right? So, um, like how to fix a toilet. Right, everybody used to just fix their own toilet. And now I don't know how to fix a toilet, but you know, I can write a syllabus and design a curriculum with the best of them. Um 
you know, it's things like that that we also have become more reliant on having somebody else to help us do that. You know, with those trade schools. Um, you know, not to mention, you can get into some of them, like, if you look at some of your areas, criminal justice is offered at trade schools and colleges and universities. It just depends on what you want to do with it. Uh, medicine is offered across the board, um, depending on what you want to do with it. Uh, so that thought process that used to be very delineated has become much more blurred. The lines have become blurred. Um, and we had this, um, rush, push, whatever you want to call it to the community college, do your first two years, do those, get them taken care of. It's cheaper to go to community college than to go to most colleges or universities. Um, Tuition's cheaper. You don't have room and board. You don't have typically quite as many fees, that kind of thing. So as people moved into that community college setting, uh, it's blurred even more. You know, uh, I want to be a teacher. Okay, well, I'm going to go to community college and get an associate's degree in that. And then do two more years at another institution and stop. Or I can do another year and a half or two years and get my master's. You know, it it's become very much blurred. And especially in those areas, as, as I was mentioning just a little while ago, this is one of the areas in reading this article, they specifically referenced dental hygiene. Dental hygiene. All right, put an emphasis on the you gene did. That there. Was a little that weird. was kind of weird. Sorry about that. But uh, in our institution, in our in our state, and actually going across a practice in general, it, become, it has become a two-year uh, associate's degree. Uh, and so it is still considered a, a potential trade, but it's also a degree, so it's right. kind of filling both of those. And even my profession, talking about those that are serving on the ambulances, those EMTs, advanced EMTs, and paramedics, in some of the areas are looking at <coughs> um, being trades, but then they're looked at trying to push towards at least, uh, especially on the paramedic side, accredited technical certificate programs uh, to build on that higher education thought process. Well, and you've got, now we have degrees in things that have never needed degrees before. Um, fire science. <laughs> Nobody ever needed a degree to fight fire. Uh, Put the wet stuff on the red stuff. Uh, yeah, right. Um, and I'm not picking on fire science, but that's that's a really good, you have people out, you know, doing volunteer firefighting that spend, you know, four hours a month doing training, uh, have to work a shift, and that's what they do, and that's that's who's doing the firefighting all the way up to, um, you know, you've got paid departments, and then you have those departments that won't promote you unless you have a degree in fire science. If you take a look at, you know, even going up to the Chiefs Association, they have a professional development plan that basically says, you know, at each level from company officer to, to district leadership to department leadership, and depending on the size, you know, you should increase up to the fact that those fire chiefs should have a master's or doctoral level degree. Right. In firefighting. Yeah. In firefighting. <laughs> now they and do, I'm not laughing, they, but, but I am. They do have some translation yeah. over to the business side. You know, as we know, my, my undergrad is in fire service administration. So right. there's X, and, X number, and, and the, dual, the dual major side in fire prevention is where I got into most of the firefighting stuff. The rest of it was just how to lead in that day and age... Uh, fire department, which has drastically changed since I finished in 2009. But, right. So, but it, I'm just, 
you know, when we look at what's the difference, that difference is a little harder to look at now. Um, on a construction site, you better hope your architect has a degree <laughs> and a license and, a, and they have sat for their exams and those kinds of things. And the general contractor and the engineers. But I need my know. general contractor to know what they're doing. Uh, and that's not necessarily a degree position. So, so taking a look, one big thing that's primarily different on, uh, different on these as well is with a higher education or college university degree, whether it's associates, uh, bachelors, or, or uh, a graduate level program, with these you have also had some level of general education requirements as well. You build in the math, you build in the right. English, you build in... Um, the history, some some different stuff. Where in the trade side, the vocation side is typically just associated with that program. So if you're going into a plumbing uh, vocation, you are going in to study that. That there's nothing else. You may have some math that's associated with it, but it's usually built into that curriculum, right? Because again, as you mentioned, you know, being able to to add what this and this are to make sure that you know we're 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 putting Joyce up at a specific distance and you know how many you need when it's being calculated but right. for the most part you're not going through probability and statistics or college algebra i can remember having a discussion in my criminal justice classes um and talking with students and they were like well i can get the aas in criminal justice or i can get the as in criminal justice and the difference was how many criminal justice classes they took that were replaced by gen, gen ed. ed for the as uh, and I can remember having multiple conversations of them saying, but why, why would I want to do that? Why not have more criminal justice classes? And me looking at them and going, you know, you better be able to write a report. Like, y you need some of those math and English skills. Because if you're going to be an officer and you're going to write reports, you're going to get called into court. And you need to be able to communicate with people. Um, and... There is something to that, to that need for, you know, it, it's the same conversation I have with all undergraduates. You know, it's the same conversation we've had with our daughter as she's gone through high school. Why do I need all these general education courses? Because you need them to be able to communicate with people. And so, you know, that's one of the big things that uh, our profession has had a conversation with, whether a paramedic should be a two-year degree or remain a one-year technical certificate. And... Whenever somebody talks about that, they, they talk about the overall goal or the outcome. And a lot of people were like, well, we'll just take this and build this around. And, and so the idea would be, hey, we do add some of these other aspects, communications, a speech, a psychology, a, 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 a math, a, a uh, English. And so some of them are to communicate better. Some of them are to write better. Some of them are to build the compendium of knowledge that they have that they can then use to get themselves out of a complex situation or critically think. You know, the, the knowledge you have, the more parts of your brain that are functioning and are engaged with information, the better likelihood you have to get out. Right. Well, I mean, and it's, you could even look at, <coughs> excuse me, you can look at the field of education. Um, that used to be an apprenticeship which is really what most of our vocational, when we think about vocational, a lot of it is more like an apprenticeship than 
a classroom. There's classroom experience, but it's just a different type. But, you know, education, when my, um, my grandmother became a teacher, it was through an apprenticeship program. Um, very similar to, you know, like nursing programs. Nursing have become very highly saturated in the, uh, the college and university settings. But when they started, they were in hospitals. And they had classrooms set up and they went through, but they were basically learning X amount of knowledge and immediately putting it to use. And, and then they kind of back that and they're like, hey, we want to get the theory and the practice before you got out into the field. And, and so there was uh, a move to that college setting. So, Well, and a colleague sent me um, <coughs> a cartoon today uh, on Facebook. Uh, and it, it's these two kids and they're talking about becoming a teacher. And did you know you have to go to school to be a teacher? You mean they have teachers that teach teachers how to teach? You know, I mean, and it's a really fun. It's funny. It's cute. You know, when you work in education, it it fits. But there is that concept of, you know, whether you're in emergency management or education or medicine or criminal justice, um, architecture. There's a lot of things you can learn in a classroom. But there are some things that you don't learn until you get out, right? Um, we tell people all the time, we prepare you for your first classroom, but we can't tell you what it's going to look like. I think that's uh, a perfect analogy for any. You can you can walk out, you can have a, a bachelor's of business administration, you can have a master's of business administration, and you walk into a business, and all the theory that you've been taught doesn't right. you know, necessarily fit into how you're going to, what you're going to do in your office on day one. All right, so then knowing that, what are the benefits? What are the benefits to, <coughs> excuse me, a degree-based higher education program? So I think there's a couple uh, aspects uh, to these type programs. One, we've already kind of mentioned. The general education kind of builds up some of that that we're going to have to use at a later point in time. I was not a big fan of English Comp 1, English Comp 2. By any stretch of the imagination. I like public speaking. And I think if we were to turn the, the microphone around and, and mention it to you, you probably were the opposite. Um, I was not a fan of speech class. No, <laughs> that was not my fave. So when you take a look there, you know, I struggled more in the English comp than I did in the speech. Uh, but I do remember several things in both of those uh, classes uh, while I wasn't necessarily into reading the books and and, and such uh, okay. that they had us reading at that point in time, uh, that I took out of there and still use to this day. You know, writing, um, the the editing process as far as going through, uh, setting it down, coming back to it at a later point, reading it out loud, and kind of getting your viewpoints. Uh, but then a lot of what they do is, as far as the higher education or degree-based uh, give you a, a lot of theory and then practice, you know, and there's a wide swath of, of things that are out there. Um, like we, we've already mentioned a few from, from law to medicine to business. Um, you get into the arts and, and, you know, there's a lot to study the theory behind things and then how to put it into practice. Right. And um, with those, it gives you with most programs as a curriculum is built gives you plenty of time to understand 
So when something happens, you know kind of the why behind the how. Well, and let's not overlook that one of the benefits to a degree program is perseverance. It shows that you can jump through the hoops that are necessary to get there. And it also, um, even at a community college level where you don't have students necessarily staying on campus, that is like its own little culture within itself. Uh, And there is a lot of growth that happens in those years um, that really does help prepare you for the real world. Um, because it's not the real world on MTV, the, the real world outside of your parents' house where you actually have to adult and pay all your bills and, and do the things. Um, so kind of like we talked about a little bit last week, it, it's that point to grow up right in a still relatively controlled environment and, right. and transition from that I'm in school now to I'm the adult and I've got these additional responsibilities on me. A lot of times it's, uh, to me, the benefit in those degree programs that that do take a little bit longer um, is that you are becoming more aware of the world outside of your little microcosm, Uh, uh, more aware of what people who are different than you, the way that they think, um, how to interact with people who don't think like you do. There's a lot of that that goes on uh, in college. And I think that's really, really important. On the flip side, when you're looking at a trade or vocational type school and you're not looking towards a degree program, um, one of the benefits is you get in the workforce quicker, uh, much quicker. (laughs) Very very much so. So when you take a look at these programs, and some of them may actually be the uh, the length of an associate's degree or even longer, depending on uh, the intent of that program, but... This is where we transition a little bit, and your entire time is basically focused in that profession with right. instructors from that profession. So, you know, a lot of times we go through a business degree or even education, and at some point in time you have a math professor. And the math professor is that. He's a mathematician mm-hmm. that is focused on teaching you how to learn math. And in a trade school, you have an electrician that is focused on teaching you to be an electrician. Right. Uh, and that is that's a definite benefit. Um, you tend to have people that have have been there, done that. They've worked in that field, um, just for the sheer what it is. Um, they can maybe sometimes tell you more what to expect, more problems you'll run into, uh, things like that. Um, and this, I'm going to use the example of the electrician again. The electrician will tell you what to expect from a high voltage line. Well, the mathematician could tell you how to calculate the flow that's going through there, but the experience is two different things. Right. Um, so now that we've got the benefits, what do you consider to be the downfalls? So we've already talked about one of them, and staying on the degree side first, the fact that they take two, four, five, eight years, depending on what they are, to get done. And so whatever it is, you're going to be in that environment for X period of time. Some of it focused specifically on your major and some of it not. Um, I think another downfall you can throw on the 
uh, higher ed side. Uh, and I, I use higher ed. I'm just going to use higher ed or trade school. On the higher ed side is uh, cost. Uh, there is a significant difference in cost. There is. Um, and another one is the fact that um, you're entering that workforce. Now, I mentioned time at the length of the program, but you're focused more on those studies than having a career at that point in time. So no matter what you're doing, you're, you're prolonging your earning potential. You do prolong your earning potential. Um, you know, one of the benefits that used to be touted about higher ed was that's how you got those high-paying jobs. Um, what we know now is that may or may not get you a high-paying job. Um, arguably, I have a doctorate, and there are people that have gone to trade school that are making way more than I'm making. Um, so it depends kind of where you're headed and what you're going for as to whether that's um, a, a guarantee. And for almost, you know, almost none of them is it a guarantee right out of the gate. Everybody likes to think of doctors and lawyers and how much money they make, but they don't make that their first year out. Um, they're paying off student loans the same way the rest of us are. So but not only that, but they're the resident or, you know, they're the junior partner if they're going into family right. practice type thing. And so they, they're getting an entry salary. Which is not minimum wage, but it's also not what you commonly associate right. with those professions. And they do also have a ton of student loan debt um, to pay back. Right. So there's that. Um, so what about the downfalls to trade school? So one of the things uh, that I see there is whatever it is, has got to be something that you're going to be interested in because an electrician doesn't have the ability to go over and be a licensed plumber without going back to a trade school for plumbing. So they're kind of locked in with a, with a higher ed side. A lot of times there's some flow. Once you have an associate's, a bachelor's, a master's, there's some flow that you can migrate. So if you're in the business side, you know, you, you may be in the record business at one point in right. time, and then you change into the healthcare setting and you, you help run healthcare institutions or healthcare manufacturing but you can, you can migrate. If you are if you go for an electrician, you're going to be an electrician right. until you go back to another school. Um, and then one of the downfalls, I think, is is time. It's, it's a much shorter time period, which allows, you know, one of the things you said that was a benefit was it allows you to get into the workforce quicker. Um, but that also means that... Um, they're doing, excuse me, they're out in the workforce quicker uh, at 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. You know, um, I've said for years, when I look at professional athletes, uh, when they started signing basketball players right out of high school, right? What does an 18-year-old know about how to deal with everything that comes with that? Uh, the millions of dollars, the endorsement deals, the, you know, look at how many professional athletes have ended up in trouble and broke and, you know, bankrupt and, you know, there's just a lot to that. Um, and I'm not saying that if you go to trade school, that's where you end up. But I do think there is something to be said for growing up a little bit. Um, and some people are ready, but I know a lot that are not. 
Very, that's a very true statement. So. I mean, there's a reason that <laughs> you don't want an 18 year old doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know. So one of the next things we take a look at is is the funding for both of these. So coming from the higher education side, we'll talk about there first. Um, when you go into the programs, the state of Tennessee, as we've already mentioned, and some places uh, elsewhere have started to go to uh, programs such as this, but um, we currently have Tennessee Promise and Tennessee Reconnect, which will allow uh, students of both graduating high school and adult students that don't have an associate's degree yet to attend um, a higher education institution, tuition-free, up to that of an associate's degree, usually five semesters that they will allow, uh, which then couples with uh, HOPE, uh, which is lottery scholarship and, and grants, uh, and then you get into the others. The T Tennessee Promise and Reconnect are considered last dollar scholarships. That anything you el else you have first um, will be applied to tuition and then uh, go from there. Right. So... You have that. I will say the funding opportunities are very different if you're coming straight out of high school than if you are an adult that's going back to school. Uh, whether you went to college or trade school straight out of high school and dropped out, or if it's a career change type deal, it, it's a very different ball game. Um, you know, you've got a ton of private scholarships out there. Uh, I forget how many millions of dollars it is that goes unclaimed every year because people just don't apply for the scholarships. Um, so there's that. What about at a trade school? So it's interesting because every day when I go to, to uh, work, I pass by a billboard, and one of the things is from a uh, basically a contracting company that says, come here, we'll send you to school, and we'll pay for it, and you come back. Right. Basically, tab free. So, depending on the opportunities there and where you go, there are several different um, opportunities that are available. So, in, in the state, we have a lot of, as you mentioned, the, the TCATS or Tennessee College of Applied Technology, which will have a lot of the uh, trade or vocational programs that are in there. And they'll actually uh, allow the Tennessee Promise Reconnect as well as uh, Pell Grants and uh, what they call the Wilder NAFI Technical Skills Grant which is a lottery grant like HOPE. So mm -hmm. uh, they're funded very similar. Uh, so if individuals are needing, uh, they're out there. And then in addition, there are some of them that they have work-study programs, and then there are others that are actually funded by grants, uh, either at the local state level or by industry uh, partners. Right. And it seems like, uh, and this is more your realm than mine, but it seems like, there's a lot more opportunity for not a tuition reimbursement, but for the employee employer to pay for you to go to school in some of these trades, right? So they hire me to work on an ambulance and they're going to pay for me to go to EMT school. Uh, they hire me to be an electrician. And so they're going to pay for me to go to school. They hire me, um, to do these things, and that's that seems to be much more prevalent at your trade schools and your community college TCAT than it is um, at your four-year four-year plus institutions. 
that that's uh very true and so you know obviously it's industry specific right. uh depending on what the supply and demand are in those professions but there will be times where you see that occur in uh, an agency uh, organization or trade that specifically needs uh, those opportunities and they'll say hey what can we do to do this and and they'll help and they'll put you know the tuition dollars there uh, whereas you know they may end up having to pay something they may they may not right um so you know when you're looking at funding opportunities i would say funding opportunities are Equivalent, ready available for at all. both. Um, interestingly enough, probably the ones with the least funding opportunities are going to be your private four-year institutions, um, public, and um, then the community college and trade school. I'll have a little bit more opportunity there. So the the one thing that the private four years are going to have that, uh, and not all private four years, but depending on uh, which one will be the endowments that they have right. from from those alumna that uh, have come from past, right? Um, that because they don't have access to some of the state dollars or especially federal programs because of that private setting, because those are taxpayer funded, they go to those state institutions first. So they they try to build up those endowment programs. Um, uh, first. All right. So the next thing that you've got on here, I don't even really know what you're asking uh, because the question you've got is what are salaries like? So this, this was something that was very interesting and, and I th uh, thought was um, kind of, well, so th this article that I had actually kind of broke that uh, down. So I, I'm just going to read this first part to us and then we can kind of go into the discussion. We've already talked a little bit about this because, you know, used to the idea was if you went to college, you would get the higher paying job. But according to this, it says, do college graduates earn more? The quick answer is yes. College gives you a broad range of skills. So once you graduate, you have several opportunities ahead. On average, college graduates earn around 50000 a year in their first job out of college, which is significant more to com compared to salaries of non-college graduates. Additionally, a lot of these higher paying jobs also have other perks like health care, maternity leave, retirement benefits, and so on. However, trade schools allow you to start working sooner thanks to shorter length of programs, which means you start earning money sooner. What's more, trade schools can offer some impressively high paying jobs. According to the U U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the median pay for construction managers in 2019 was $95,260. Meanwhile, radiation therapists earned eighty-five. dollars uh, five and dental hygienist 76 too. Yeah. All of which my education students are sitting here going, man, <laughs> K-12 education does not do that in, in many areas, especially starting out. Now, one of the things that it made mention is construction uh, managers. A lot of times you don't come out. Obviously those are having to build. So found those is quite obvious. Now, right. one of the things that a lot of people do when they have this discussion is, do you need to go to college or do you need to go to trade school? Both are considered higher education. Right. You're getting education after your K-12, and so you're going to a higher education institution. As we're broke down, you know, high school is secondary, then you've got post-secondary is your higher education realm. So all of these are building into that uh, avenue that 
after high school, further education gets you more money versus just those that are high school. Now, you do have to take a look. There are some outliers to this. If you look at Malcolm Gladwell's outliers, they're going to tell you that there are some people that don't fit the norms. You get the Zuckerbergs that go and make uh, right. Facebook while at Harvard drops out. And, you know, he's one of the top netting U.S. Uh, CEOs around. Well, and you can thank the teachers and the um, English majors for bringing that average salary down. Um, I'm picking on us, but we do. Uh, we know we do. Teachers, art majors, English majors, uh, a lot of those humanities, right? Um, I have a friend that, bless her heart, she majored in um, medieval literature. That was her major for her bachelor's degree. And I can remember looking at her when we were going to school and going, what are you going to do with that? She was like, I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, now, she went on and got multiple further degrees and and kept moving, you know. And so now she teaches in higher education. But there is something to that. Uh, when you look at those salaries, you know, it to me it has much less to do with um, whether you went to trade school or uh, a four-year-plus institution and much more to do with what job did you choose. And so that actually kind of goes into the next paragraph of the article right after the money. So money is one, and I think we kind of already take a look at the fact that both higher education, whether it's the the degree side or the trade school side, are going to provide additional benefits. But it also takes a look at um, college versus trade school as far as job security. You know, one of the things is, is since the electron was found and we generated this whole field of uh, study called electronics, um, electricians are going to be needed. Right. You know, whether we're, you know, so, somehow or another, until they determine a new way to power things, electronics or electricians are going to be needed. Our right. houses, even with the solar projects that are coming now, houses are still wired. Right. But, but you look at that, and even when you're talking about job security, who has the more secure job? The electrician or the person that has a master's degree in electrical engineering? Very good question. Because I, I, my argument is they're going to both be needed. You got they're the both that, needed, right? You, you know, because the thing is here is uh, with that electrical engineering guy, um, they're – they may not have they they have the aptitude to figure out how to put stuff together, but then they've got people that actually put stuff together. Right? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, um, absolutely. Now there there are some mechanical engineers. My my father was a mechanical engineer, uh, and they if he needed to build something, you know, we built it, and he he understood how that worked. Now if he was having to build something that didn't that he didn't design. Um, I, I just remember this project about a shed we were building in his backyard and things didn't line up the way that they were supposed to. And that become a different story because he was more about restructuring the plans than going with right. what we had. So, um, so, I mean, I do think that's a, a legitimate argument. The other, and I don't really want to go argument, um, but the other thing 
uh, and you mentioned it earlier, is that there's a little bit more uh, transitional knowledge that happens uh, when you go through a degree program. Uh, I've heard it said by many people that having a doctoral degree means that you were an expert in one subject for about 30 seconds. What it really means is that you could persevere through every hoop that you were asked to jump through. So we could add this maybe to a benefit of that those degree programs um, is that it tends to make you a little more hireable. Now, that's not saying everybody that comes out is going to be hireable and going to get a great job, but there are a lot of employers that for entry-level positions require a bachelor's degree, and they don't care what it is. They just require a bachelor's degree, and the reason they do it is because it shows that you can persevere through something. Well, and one of the things that this mentions in that job security is the fact that um, while plumbing and electricity electricians are needed at, at the local level. Uh, a lot of things like finance and healthcare management. And, uh, you know, if you take a look at uh, some of the ways that uh, things are operated in the hospital now, I, I, I remember going in with a friend of mine that had a stroke and the doctors at that hospital saw him. And then once they got to a certain point, they had a neurospecialist via a virtual presence device. They brought in a camera and a computer system and two-way communications. And so even healthcare kind of remote delivery to a, an outsourced individual. So, well, um, I mean, and there's a ton of that going on right now. Telemedicine, so you don't have to go into the doctor's office. Right. I mean, that's... Now, a lot of that is still currently because of, of the pandemic being right. built around your local... But if that does persist, which I'm, I'm sure that it will, because a lot of times the reason people didn't like telemedicine was the fact that... It was a phone call. It was a phone call. It was it, They didn't believe that they could get the same thing as to what they needed, but now they're seeing that. And I will definitely tell you that you'll probably see that you'll start to see some of these family practitioners start to... Um, well, and I think that's a, that, that becomes the difference. Is is it with the doctor that you know, or is it or with a is doctor? With a doctor. Um, when I was doing physical therapy uh, a couple months ago for my back, uh, one of the PTs who we are very good friends with and love her dearly, um, there were a lot of days I went in and she was doing uh, telemedicine physical therapy and and watching somebody's movement, you know. Um, which blows my mind because part of that, part of physical therapy in my, um, in my mind is actually getting your hands on people and feeling how they move. So the fact that she can do that just amazes me. Um, but there is something to that. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about have we zoomed away the snow day, but are we developing a way to zoom away some doctor's appointments? Some professionals in general, because mm -hmm. we, we could probably take this on beyond there. 
but a lot of things are being done remotely now. We're we're transitioning data for finance and right and maybe a phone call and, and now you go your CPA or your your finance division is right now not in your building. They're somewhere away and it's just a weekly call with them. Hey, how are we doing money wise? And what does that do to the to the people that what does that do to this trade school um, or certificate versus degree, however you want to think about it? Um, we know that in those degree programs, just the sheer way that they happen requires you to gain some of that technological, digital, maybe not make you an expert, but you at least have to become familiar with it. Um, is that going to create a divide? And is that happening as much in the trade schools? Because I don't think it is. I could be wrong. Um, I'm just basing it on my experiences. So our last question here is kind of the length of times for undergraduate and graduate programs versus the trades. And we could probably take an entire podcast hour to talk just about this one in itself. So I'm going to talk mine, uh, our settings. Uh, currently, we have technical certificates that are as low as one semester, go up to a full year, and then after that we go into two-year degrees that are associates-based in either the art science or uh, applied science. Uh, so we can be in those three realms. Now we look from your institution, which is granting Actually, you're granting associates through doctoral level associates now. Associates through doctoral level now. Um, an associate you can do in two years still. Uh, bachelor's is typically four years, although we do have a new, a brand new program that we've rolled out that you can, um, I think they're calling it degree in three. Uh, you can get your bachelor's degree in three and start your master's level work. Um, and honestly, because I just switched over to advising undergrads, I don't even really know what that means yet. But I know it's there. Um, our master's programs kind of depend on how quickly you want to go. In education, some of them are five semesters um, or can be down as little as five semesters. But you have five years to complete them from the time you start. Our doctoral program currently is in education. I know we're working on getting one in nursing. Um and the one in education, if you follow it the way you're supposed to, <laughs> um, it's a three-year program. And you finish with your EDS in two years and a semester um, and your EDD in the full three years. And it, it's straight through fall, spring, summer, fall, spring, summer. Um, for the EDD, you know, you have seven years from the time you start it to complete it. So... When you're looking at those, theoretically, if you took the full time, what, seven years on a bachelor's, five years on a master's, seven years on a doctoral, that's what, seven, twelve, nineteen. So technically, you could go in for 20 years uh, and come out with what we've got. Um, you know, when you start looking at uh, some of the medical specialties, of course, you're looking at extra years, residencies, fellowships, you know, you can stretch out those four plus year <laughs> uh, programs to last a lifetime. Uh, we both know people that have been um, 
lifelong students, <laughs> which is different than a lifelong learner. A lifelong learner is what I want my students to be, where they will continue to learn even when they're not in school. A lifelong student is something totally different. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, when you look at time, you are looking at more time committed if you're going that undergraduate, graduate, postgraduate, doctoral, postdoctoral, those kinds of things. So on the trade side, just taking a look at uh, one institution which uh, in, in Tennessee that has uh, about uh, 21, 22, about 21 uh, different degrees ranging from uh, truck driving to practical nursing, dental assistant, uh, and then you get into collision and automotive technologies. Uh, and those programs will range anywhere from two months up to 20 months uh, is what we see in those areas. Uh, a lot of times some of those will have you building, you know, so much of your time in the classroom and then so much time out of the field. Like I, I, I know the truck driving uh, program, uh, you're in the classroom learning all the applicable laws and right. how to maintain that. And then the way to learn how to drive a truck is to drive a truck, to drive a truck. So, um, so th those can be uh, widely dispersed as well. Most of them going to be, in those realms, going to be under two years. Well, it would be a very interesting study, um, you know, if somebody was looking at possible dissertation topics uh, in education, it would be a very interesting study to look at some of the things that are offered at um, the certificate level, the TCAT level, versus that same program being offered at maybe a community college associates level uh, and see what the difference is. And, and how effective those people are in their position and also how happy they are in their position. I know, you know, when we talk about these things, a lot of times we talk about effectiveness, we talk about money, we talk about all the things. Um, but what about that other piece of it, of how happy are you in what you do? Uh, because that to me is a, a very valid question and while we don't like to acknowledge it uh, the elephant in the room is that there is a hierarchy uh, and people think differently based on what you have and think of you differently based on what you have uh, now that exists between TCAT to community college community college to four-year college, college to university, different universities in and amongst themselves, right? There's always that hierarchy. But sometimes that affects maybe not your effectiveness, but perhaps your efficacy at work. Um, sorry, not effectiveness, efficiency, but efficacy is what it could affect. Plus your happiness is where you are just because of the as much as I hate to say it, the stigma that goes with where'd you get your degree from? So I think today we've kind of hashed out a lot of the different topic areas between the degree side and the trade side. We haven't solved anything here. We just wanted to present a whole lot of information. We talked about job security. We talked about length of programs. We talked about salaries. We talked about access uh, to some of the programs, benefits, uh, downfalls, 
and such. And, and so I think, you know, it really boils down to just what you want to do. And as a high schooler, you should be presented with those opportunities. If you have a inclination for electricity, which I will tell you, I do not. I will do casual things with electricity. I've replaced uh, electrical plugs in our house and stuff like that. But once it gets to anything above 110 or 220, I'm I'm out. I want somebody else to to handle that. Right. Well, and I think that is the big thing. It's not, in my mind, the thing that we have to, that I feel like we have to say is, one is not better than the other. Just because it's a doctoral degree doesn't mean it's better than a technical certificate. It's, is it better for you as a person? Um, because overall, we live in an interdependent society, so we need people of all professions. Right. Just imagine one day if all the plumbers went away. Look, my dad told me when I first started teaching in high school, he said there are two people that you always want to remain friends with and you want to make sure that you have not made them mad. And I said, oh, who is it? The principal and the assistant principal? And he said, no, it's the secretary and the janitor. He said, those are the two people in your school that you do not want to make mad. And IT. I'll, I'll toss in IT in there just... Well, now IT. now IT gets thrown in, but <laughs> at that point, no, IT was not quite as big a deal. Um, they were, but, you know, if I got to have people on my side, I need the janitor on my side. Mm-hmm. Um, They're I, on it. I am the first. <laughs> Our building has some plumbing problems because it's an older building. Uh, we make sure when we see our maintenance men, we always offer them coffee, tea. We take good care of our maintenance guys. <laughs> Uh, and our maintenance ladies, because uh, we need them desperately. So I think that's the biggest thing is, um, in my mind, that for us to remember that one is not better than the other. The surgeon can't operate in an unclean operating room. Somebody's got to clean it. We have to have people to make the tools. We have to have, you know, all the things have to be done. Machine technology, the the room you you, you mentioned there, so we we all definitely work together. So in, in this conversation, I think we've come down to where is your heart? Where is it going to take you? So uh, this week, I've got the first recommendation uh, for us uh, during these complex times with school being in session or going to distance delivery or changing daily uh, because of COVID. I would recommend that we look at ways to keep ourselves healthy. Uh, that's that's one of those things that's commonly put on the back bench because we're busy. Things that used to take 15 minutes take an hour. Things that took an hour take all day. Uh, and one of the easiest things is to uh, start neglecting ourselves. But if we do that, we cause ourselves a lot of problems. So make sure uh, that we're eating well and drinking water uh, on a regular basis to make sure that we have the nutrients uh, to survive. Exercise, whether it's a walk around the neighborhood, around your uh, campus, whatever that is, uh, go on a run, do yoga, go to a gym, whatever it is making you active, be active. Find something you enjoy and go out and do it. Don't shortcut yourself there. Those activities will clear, clear your mind, provide key release of restorative chemicals within the body. And uh, as Rhonda has been talking a lot lately with gratitude and and things to be happy with, make sure we're dealing with mental health resilience. Find a way to positively de-stress. 
Uh, we, we look a lot of times and people turn to negative de-stressing activities, which end up only making things worse. So make sure if we eat well, we exercise, we drink well, and we find ways to do things, whether it's hiking, that yoga, that exercise, uh, cooking, whatever that is. Playing with the dog. Playing with the dog that, <laughs> until she starts to lick you. Then uh, uh, Meditation, journaling, uh, talking to friends, again, those positive out, outlets. And then find a way to try to sleep if you're having sleep issues. Because all of these will put us into a negative spot, which ends up making things a lot worse with the, the concerns of pandemic with the, a lot of the other atmosphere that we're dealing with. We want to make sure and keep each and every one of you healthy. And those are some of the ways to do that. All right. And mine for the week, um, it's kind of a simple thing, but right now with everybody in what I feel like is stressed to the max, uh, time is of the essence, right? We could have all these cute little quotes and sayings that basically mean that we're all way too busy and can't remember anything. Or maybe that's just me. Uh, so my tip of the week is find the places where you can do things like auto ship or subscribe and save and take advantage of them. Uh, schedule those things. For instance, our uh, dog food is delivered every four weeks. <laughs> uh, we actually get a percentage off by having it on auto ship. But that way I don't have to worry that sweet little Daisy will run out of food. Because inevitably what happens is she runs out of food and we figure it out at like 9 o'clock at night. Um, and whether the stores right now are open or not. Right, right. That That's the thing. So, you know, some of those things that you know you're going to use over and over and over. Um, heck, the way the store shelves have been looking lately, I would put toilet paper on auto ship. Um, Amazon's out right now. Oh, is Amazon so, out again? Some of those. So. Um, yeah, but, I don't know what happened with the toilet paper, but that's a whole other issue. Um, but things things that you can, that it would not hurt if you had a little bit of extra of, put those things on auto ship. Uh, you can have it set reminders. Uh, I get a reminder on all of my auto ship stuff that emails me, and I can push it to the next date. Uh, but yeah, no, all of our dog stuff, shampoo, I've got a lot of stuff on auto <laughs> I go Drinks for David. I go through a lot of uh, shampoo myself. So, Yeah, you and your bald head. So, next week, uh, if, if you all haven't uh, heard by this point, uh, when this uh, episode comes out, it, it's not been too long ago with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., a combined age of 105, come back into the boxing ring. Next week, it's going to be Rhonda and I. This is a topic that her and I have discussed for many years since she decided that she wanted to go back into uh, elementary education before she decided not to go back into elementary education. So next week, we're going to discuss our opinions and research on what is the best K-12 model. I'm going to win. This is some of the stuff that we teased last week. You don't ever win. This is some of the stuff that we teased last week in our episode about dual enrollment. We talked a little bit about that K-12 setting. And then we're going to talk about the ins and outs of each one. 
Um, so as we conclude today, we'd like to say that we always look forward to recording these episodes and engaging with each one of you. However, without your feedback, we do not know what you're thinking. So please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. But also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PerfectChaos7 and most recently on Instagram at the same, at PerfectChaos7. You can also find us personally on Twitter at... At DRR Blevins. And DS Blev, DSBLEV. Until next week, remain calm in your perfect chaos.